0: Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, aka your holistic guide to being a wealthy woman. I'm your host, Donnie, and on this show, I talk to the dopest women experts, entrepreneurs, influencers, corporate baddies, and occasional wild card guests while they share their wisdom from the experiences that brought them to where they are today. So let's upgrade our lives together, but more importantly, let's get wealthy welcome to season two of the wealthy Woman podcast <sighs> you guys so much is changing so many things are different so let's just hop right in as you can see i'm in a different space right now and this is not my home but it's fine um <laughs> also gabby is not here and that's something else that we need to address but also the whole format of the show is just evolving as you guys saw on the previous episode i already you know kind of gave a closing out and kind of explained why Gabby is not in here anymore on the show. Um that's not to say Gabby will never be back though, but as for right now, y'all are just stuck with me for the moment. Um and we're going to have fun. We're going to have so much fun on the show. So now because I don't have a co-host, I will be doing some episodes solo. Most of the episodes are going to be interviews, but some of the episodes will be solo and for these episodes, while I'm solo, we are going to be doing a series called Wealthy Women Lessons. And if you follow me on TikTok, then you've probably seen me do an episode of this already. Um, but somebody commented and gave me a really good idea. They were like, you should expand on this. Because like I was talking about a specific topic on the first episode. And they were like, you should expand on this on your podcast. And I was like, ooh that would just make a good series for the podcast, period. I think that series actually fits the podcast more than me trying to do it on TikTok. A lot of the topics that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, or no, on the, on the series, it just needs more explaining and I need to get in more detail because you guys are gonna have a lot of questions about what I'm talking about because on episode one, y'all had so many questions. So I'm gonna insert the clip here of episode one so you can understand what I'm about to break down and then we're gonna hop right into things. I have learned so many things from growing a seven-figure business, but I've learned even more from having tons of failed businesses. So I thought, why not share the lessons that I've learned in a series? So welcome to Wealthy Woman Lessons, Episode 1. Growing a company to seven figures is really not as hard as you think it is. Every stage is a building block though, so going from four figures to five figures, going from five figures to six figures and six figures to seven figures, all require different things. So to go from four figures to five figures a month, the biggest thing that you need to focus on is making sure that you have really good product market fit and that you are really clear on every stat that would make you stand out in the market you can really convince anyone to buy anything if you can make it make sense okay make it add up for them make it sound like it's the best decision for them now to go from five figures to six figures a month this is going to require really good systems you need to be automating as many processes as possible because this is what's going to allow you to be able to serve people more efficiently and serve more people when i say processes this includes everything from checkout processes to customer service to actually getting the product to people, whatever that might be. All of that is included in processes and automating just looks like having tech involved. So that could be your email system, that could be your text marketing, that could be a call system, delivery system, whatever is involved in you doing your business. but. In an automated way now after you've done all that it's really just a matter of distribution that's gonna get you to seven figures okay? when I say distribution I mean things like running ads things like paid marketing anything where you are getting in front of a really large targeted audience in order to drive sales quicker running ads is the way that I did it and ads really ensure that you're gonna hit your revenue goals consistently because it's analytical. It's not a game of chance. It's like if you know your numbers and you know what you're looking for, you can consistently hit the same numbers if not more. That's what you're looking for when it comes to distribution is something that can consistently bring in a certain amount of revenue based on analytics. And in all of these stages, the biggest thing is to double down on what's working and stop wasting time on things that are not pushing you forward. I'm excited to break this down uh, because this is a topic that I'm very passionate about because I feel like a lot of people feel like it's more complicated than it really is to build a seven-figure business. But at the same time, it does require you to be skilled and detailed, okay, and understand what it is that you're doing. Okay, so the first thing that I... Realized when it came, well, the first step when we were trying to build out a seven-figure business, me and my old business partner. Um, the first conversations that we had, we were really trying to develop this product. It was we were very product development driven. Okay, that very first month, and everything was about making sure this product fits the market that we are trying to um, cater to. And if it didn't fit, we were going to make it fit and figure out a way to make it sound like it fit. It did fit, but you get the point. Like, it was all about making us fit with the consumer. And um, so, a big part of that is relatability, okay? Especially when you're selling digital products. Um, People underestimate it, it is good to solve a person's problem, but people underestimate the power of relatability. People want to learn and buy from people that look like them and that they resonate with. So, i may not be the most interested in um i don't know a plant i'm trying to think of something i'm not really interested in but i'm interested in most of the things that are coming to my head but you get the point i may not be interested in plants that much but if my favorite influencer has a new plant line i might just buy it you know what i mean like you get the point so um We, with teachers and all that, you can convince, like, if you're really good at convincing people, you can convince anybody to buy anything, right? But it's way easier if they resonate with you or if they feel like you are similar. Well, that's resonating. But, yeah, if they resonate with you, it is way easier to get them to purchase something. So we were doing a deep dive through my story. Uh, Like, I remember we had a meeting where we, I literally just sat and I just talked through my whole journey. Like, I just talked through the whole thing. And I, he was writing everything I was saying down in a document. And we didn't use all of it, but we had it there just in case. And there were times where we changed up our messaging and we changed up the story. And we cha- we pulled and highlighted different parts of my story over others. But we always were able to go back to this document and reference it and figure out, okay, how can we... Relate to this person that we're talking to right now, and we pulled out different parts because you may not need to talk through everything. That's the thing, a lot of times we don't realize, y'all, if there's nothing else I'm going to do this season, I'm going to get this hair together because I hate how my hair looks in every episode and it's so annoying. But anyway, (laughs) I'm like looking at my reflection in the window, trying to like straighten my hair anyway. Um, but people underestimate the power of resonance, and so, um That was the biggest thing that we focused on, Um, resonating. We focused on, okay, this is the big one, okay? If you don't listen to any other, or if you don't take any other sales uh, strategy lessons and learn anything else about sales, this is the biggest thing you need to know. This is the only thing you need to know to be good at sales, because I'm very good at sales, okay? I don't care who I'm up against. I know that I'm very good at sales, okay? I know it for a fact, and it's because of all the stuff that we did during this season of my business, um, and when I was just trying to figure out my business as a whole. The biggest thing that I learned is when it comes to sales, yes, resonance is one, but the other thing is figuring out the person that you're catering to, catering to, figuring out their true desire, Okay, figuring out what their problem is and their true desire, and figuring out how to position your product as the solution to their problem but more so how to position it in a way where it seems like it's going to get them to their true desire okay a lot of times we're thinking oh we just need to solve the problem yes but think about what they're thinking this is going to do for them. People people only want to solve problems because of what they think it's going to do for them. It's not that it's not a priority to solve anything if it's not going to get them a desired outcome, right? So like for instance, men do this especially they don't change anything unless it prevents them from getting something they really, really want. So if you really, if you don't have a car and you really, really need a car, you're going to figure out everything that you can do to get a car. It's not so much about the car, but it's the convenience of having a car, right? And getting from point A to point B and not having to pay for Ubers and not having to do all the extra, right? So think about that with your product, whatever it is you're selling. Think about that. What is the true desire and how can you communicate how your product is going to get them to that true desire? That's it. That is literally it. That is the easiest way to sell something to somebody. And also you need to understand how important it is to them, like how important they think it is to solve that problem right now, okay? If they do not feel like it's a priority to solve that problem right now, you are gonna have to work 10 times as hard to convince them to purchase it right now. Now, the easiest way when someone doesn't feel a sense of urgency to solve that problem right then, the easiest way to get them to do it is to have somebody else convince them. You need somebody, um, you need like word of mouth, right? You need somebody to basically co-sign you, you know? So that's where influencers come into play and that's where UGC content comes into play because you get to see real people vouching for you and you get to see reviews, you get to see real transformations and then they start feeling FOMO, okay? That's what you want people to feel. They want, you want them to feel like they're gonna miss out if they don't get this. That is the only way or one of the only ways to create a sense of urgency when there is none. Um, the other thing of course is, you know, adding in timers and telling them that there's going to be a, a, a certain time frame where they have to get this deal and stuff like that. But overall, those are the, the keys, like the main things, no matter how you want to sell, what you're selling, um, those things have to be included. Resonance, okay? Because also too, you have to remember this, everything that we do is a reflection of who we think we are, our identity, okay? So when you purchase things, you do that based on what you think it says about you. When you wear certain things, do like any anything that you do, you do it based on how you think it makes people perceive you and how you perceive yourself. So we the same thing goes for any product that we're buying, anything that, like you have to get people to think that this is gonna get them to become more of who they wanna be when they purchase this, okay? so. That's the first step in the clip that I just played for you when I was talking about how um, you go from four figures to five figures. And that when I'm saying the figure amounts, this is per month. You can make it per year, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with as I'm saying this. But when I'm thinking in terms of this, I'm thinking four to five figures per month. Right. Because if we're going to get to a seven figure business, think about that in general. Seven figure of seven figure business, you need to make eighty three thousand dollars a month in order to make seven figures in a year, okay? So if we're gonna make $83,000 a month. We need to be thinking, how are we gonna go from just just from simply making a 1,000 to $10,000, right? And then we're gonna go up. I personally, I like to be over the amount because I wanna be comfortable. I don't wanna be just hitting the amount. So then we're gonna figure out how to go from five figures to six figures. So like what I just said about all the sales stuff, all the product market fit, all that, and just in convincing your customer to buy, that is when you're going from four figures to five figures or even three figures to five figures. That's what's going to help you get there because it doesn't matter how you're getting in front of the audience, all that stuff. If you, don't matter how many ads you run, if you do not know how to sell your stuff, because this is the thing, a lot of people think when you just list what's coming in the product and you describe the product no don't matter how good you describe that product, if you don't make that person feel like it's gonna change their life and the way that they want it to change, they're not gonna buy it, okay? So <laughs> that's the first step. We're gonna get right back to the show, I promise, but really quick, if you're enjoying this episode, please take a second to rate the show on whatever platform you're listening from. You all love to send me DMs and tell me how much you love the show and share it on your story, which I really appreciate. Okay, I really, really do, but I really need you to rate the show. So write all those nice words in a cute little review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, and to help you remember to do this, I've decided I'm going to start doing a giveaway every month for a $50 Amazon or Starbucks gift card. It's gonna be your choice which one you get, but this is only gonna be for the people that rate the podcast. So here's how you enter. Step one, you're gonna write a review and screenshot it. Now step two, you're gonna to go to the link in the description of this episode, or you're gonna to go to the link in my bio on my Instagram or TikTok account, and you'll see a button on that link page and it'll say podcast review, okay? You're gonna click on that, then step three, okay? This is the last and final step. You're going to fill out the form, okay? It's gonna take you to a form and you're gonna fill it out, and on that form, you just need to put your name and your contact info so I can send you the gift card, and then you're gonna upload a screenshot of this review that you put and that's it, you are entered into the giveaway. Like I said, I'm gonna be doing this every single month, so make sure you go on and leave your review so that you can be entered for this month's giveaway, and I can't wait to see your reviews. Now let's get back to the show. Now when we're going from five figures to six figures, that right there is gonna require you to put processes in place, okay? So this is what I mean by processes. So when we were building um, the business, I'll say this, because I, I know the, the, the very next point I'm going to make is about distribution. Distribution is important at all stages, but especially the third stage. But um, the biggest thing when you're growing and scaling, you have to it's you have to, you know, I'm, you guys know I'm big on building everything on a solid foundation. That is the the mission statement for wealthy woman is building our lives on a solid foundation. And that is true for your business as well. If you do not build your business on a solid foundation, trying to grow, it's not going to it's not going to be able to hold, it's not going to be able to hold. Literally, that's it. It's not going to be able to hold up. <laughs> it's going to keep collapsing. So, if we try to get to if we try to go and scale and get to a million dollars without and then try to put processes in place after we get to the million, that's not how that works. It's it's not going to it's not going to be maintainable. So, Um, that's why I'm big on that being the second stage. So that's what we did. We hired people. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say I did everything perfect because this is the part where I really needed the most guidance and I did not get the proper guidance. I didn't even know where to get the proper guidance. Um, I kind of did, like I joined um, my friend Tatiana O'Hare. I joined her program and her program's really good. It teaches you how to build a team and all that stuff. But I should have also talked to some millionaires (laughs) that were doing the same thing that I was doing and I should have done everything I could to get in their presence to speak to them about this because there were certain things, certain nuances um, that you just don't know unless you are talking to someone that has built the same kind of business as you so for me i wish that someone had told me i'm just going to tell you everything i wish somebody had told me so number one do if you don't hire nobody else okay hire a cfo and you can hire cfos under contract they do not have to be full-time or an employee and all that stuff contract out a CFO. Okay. It's different from having an accountant. It's different from having a financial advisor or somebody at the bank that, uh, no, have a CFO. Okay. Because this person is going to, um, also predict trends in your business because I like a dummy. Uh, I just listened to my business partner, everything he said, I was like, okay, because, he had worked with people. He hadn't necessarily done the numbers that we were about to do together, but he had worked on teams where they had done it, and he had seen it up close. He knew how to get there, and everything that he had said so far worked. So <laughs> he, um, I listened to all of his projections and all his stuff, and so what I should have done, though, is get a CFO because that CFO would have told me, hey, first thing we're going to start doing is putting money in cash reserves, okay? We are going to be putting a good portion of this money. Cause you bring in a lot of money, ma'am. We need to put a good portion of this away. Um, because we, when I was selling courses, okay, just for, um, clarification for anyone that doesn't know, I was selling courses when you are selling courses, almost 90% or more of the money that's coming in is profit unless you're running ads. So for us, we were running ads. So at that point it was like 60 to 70% of the money that was coming in was profit. So it's like, all this money needs to be put away. Um, so the other thing that that person would have told me is how much is a good amount to be paying for employees, like salaries, right? I'm sitting over here just guessing. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. I've never had employees. I didn't even understand. Whew, y'all, because when you have employees, <laughs> you don't just have to pay the salary you have to pay a tax on top of the salary so this is what y'all don't realize that are y'all that are employed a lot of y'all don't realize this um the company sometimes the reason why they don't want to pay you more is because they already got to pay more on top of your salary so the government takes money out of your check but it also is taking extra money from us when we pay your check okay so they take in all kind of money on both ends right um so (laughs) it's kind of wild honestly because it's it's ridiculous it's such a joke um But yeah, so all of that, it's a lot of money. So you need to figure out how to properly manage it. You need to have systems in place already on how to manage that money. You also need to have really good customer service, right? Putting the processes in place to have really great customer service as things get crazier and pick up. Because once you get momentum in your business, that's the biggest thing you're looking to gain is momentum. Once you get momentum in your business, it is no stopping you. At that point, it's like everything just accelerates, right? But it is so hard to catch up when you have not done your due diligence ahead of time. So customer service is a big one. And then operations. If you don't hire somebody as operations on your team, I would definitely contract that out and have somebody help you figure out what is the best process, like the processes for everything. You need to have solid processes. And a lot of people don't understand what that means because it feels so... um, Abstract. It's like a. It sounds like a concept more than an actual thing. If you've never been a part of that process before, um, b- putting a process together, you don't really know what that looks like. So, for instance, let me just give you um, an, an example. On our team, one thing we had to do was put together a refund process, right? Because we would have people. When you have thousands of people purchasing from you all the time, that's a, even even if you have a very low refund rate. Even 1% of those people coming back, that could be anywhere between 10 to 100 people trying to request for a refund. Um, so you need to have a process in place because you can't just grant every single refund. Just like when you go to the store, you have to have you have you to be following certain criteria. So we had to come up with the criteria in the first place. Then we had to come up with what is the process in order to make this more efficient when someone reaches out for a refund? What, what can we do to make this more efficient so we don't have to go back and forth 20 different emails asking question by question. Did you do this? Do you do this? Just to verify that they qualify for a refund, right? So what we decided was, okay, when someone reaches out about a refund, they will fill fill out a form and they have to have these things on the form in order for them to qualify for a refund and then if we need to clarify anything further we can go on and clarify but that is what we do then once the form is submitted then someone on the team uh, somebody that is always assigned to do this they are going to go and check the form they're going to check certain documents they're going to check things on our back end and then if they actually um do qualify for a refund, then we will go into our system and then, you know, we will decide, do they, deserve a partial refund or a full refund? Do we do that? like, there's a actual process, there are steps, right? So having that for every part of the business, that is what we do. We even had a process for our team meetings, right? There was like, okay, my assistant, um, well, she also did operations, but she was the person that would go in and um, prep everybody for the meeting. Like there was actual, um, we ha- In ClickUp, we had like a document where we would have like the notes for the meeting to let everybody know these are the topics that we're going to be talking about. If someone wanted to add something to the meeting agenda, they could go submit it there. And then we would go on and um, go through that agenda during the meeting. Um, we also had um, fun little games that we would do during each meeting so that we could bond as a team um there were just all these different things that we you know like all these different things that we did to kind of develop it it not only developed processes and efficiency but it also developed the culture of the company and so that was really really important just having those processes in place, making sure everybody's on one accord. And then one good thing that I really was proud about was one, I was very proud of the autonomy that I had created for my team, but that was because that was a core value for my company. Like I really value autonomy, okay? (laughs) Um, So they were really good about just like handling things and taking ownership of what they had to do and all that. But also I was really happy with their level of loyalty. And it was not just because they were so happy to be working for me necessarily. It was more so that they loved their jobs and they loved, um, they really resonated with what we were doing, right? And they felt passionate about it. And they felt like they had, not, not that they had some type of ownership in the company, but it was like they knew that this, it wasn't just a me thing. It was like they had a big hand in building this as well. And so we all did this together. And so they took really like, they, they were really into it, right? They, they took ownership of it. So every, they would, did their part to try to protect the company. And um, I really appreciated that with them. So anyway, my point is processes. You need to have solid processes in place. And then the third stage would be going from six figures to seven figures. So when you're going from six figures to seven figures, this right here is the part that a lot of people struggle with. Um, because it feels overwhelming and this is where a lot of the limiting beliefs start to creep in. This is where people start to self-sabotage. This is where people start to get afraid, right? Like all of their money issues come to the surface. Why? Because this is where you have to pay to play. A lot of times you're going to keep hitting a cap or a ceiling in your revenue if you don't have a really good distribution plan and if you're not willing to pay to get your distribution, right? So distribution is important at every level, right? But a lot of times we rely on social media as our main channel of distribution. Meaning when I say distribution, I mean like how we're getting in front of people every single day. So a lot of us, um, are really, of course we're comfortable with social media, right? We're always going to be comfortable with that channel. Um, because, or that way of bringing in, um, revenue because it's free. (laughs) But a lot of us are so afraid to waste money or so afraid to like mess up and do all these things. And it it just, it just feels overwhelming and scary. Right. But here's the thing. Um, it, it mistakes happen. Mistakes can happen even if you're not running ads. Right. And that was what happened with my company. We did great with our ads. The mistake was not the ads. It was something else that made the company go down. So it's like, it's like, it really doesn't really matter. There, there could be a mistake in any area of your company that could cause the company to go downhill. Um, and it, it doesn't mean that you're a bad business owner, okay? So don't be scared about that. But I personally recommend, it. this is the, this is the thing. I like systems and processes and um, options in my business that are going to create things like make a certain result happen for sure. I don't like when things are left up to chance. I don't like, you know what I mean? So with social media, things are left up to chance. You are at the hands of of the algorithm. You are, you know what I mean? Some things might hit and then some things might not. And you might think this is going to go crazy and it just doesn't. Same thing with email. Email marketing is great and you have a higher chance of making money from that. Same thing with text marketing. It's great. You have a higher chance of making money with that, but there's still a chance that they're not going to see it. They're not going to see the email. They're not going to see the text message. With ads, they're going to see it. Okay. Everyone is for, I don't care who you are, unless you are paying some premium, premium something for your social media to not have ads on it. You're going to see an ad and that's just it. You're going to see it. And so, <laughs> and so that is the only way to for sure get in front of your audience consistently, but also people don't realize this. It speeds up the process, regardless of getting in front of people for sure. It speeds up the process. Maybe you're a organic, um, your organic uh traffic is so good but like maybe you're losing them somewhere in this you know funnel that you have set up or this whole the funnel is just their journey from discovering you to purchasing okay so everybody has a funnel yours may be trash but everybody has a funnel of some sort um that's my belief okay y'all can argue with me about it later but as a funnel expert i would say everybody has a funnel some most people's is just trash um, but that you want to control the journey as much as possible, right? Because you don't want people to get distracted during the journey and then go purchase from somebody else or just completely forget about you altogether. And that's what happens a lot of times, a lot of times, cause I know for myself, I will find something, love it, even save it and then forget to purchase it. And cause I'm on to the next thing. So with an ad that guarantees that the person is not going to forget about you. They are going to see your stuff for sure. This man keeps walking in front of the sun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you're watching the video version of this, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's just so important to have a solid channel for distribution that is going to consistently help you hit your revenue goal. You don't have to only do ads, you could do something different. You don't have to run ads just on Facebook, you can run ads on YouTube, you can run Google ads, you could be doing um, podcast ads, you could be doing all kinds of things. But you need to be consistently doing something to get in front of new people that is going to help you hit your revenue goals consistently. You could be using influencers, whatever you wanna do. But once you find a method that works for you, do it and take it to the moon. Okay? Just take it all the way once it starts working because it's probably going to keep working, ride it till the wheels fall off and then adjust and and people just get nervous. I don't know why they get so nervous about it, but that is literally probably the the thing that's hindering you from taking things all the way. And so if you don't know how to do it or you're not the best at it, hire somebody that is. When I was scaling my business, I was in the middle of still learning how to run ads. So if I had continued by myself, right, that was an option. I didn't have to sign on with my business partner, but if I continued just by myself and I was just like, oh, it's fine. I'm just gonna run ads. Uh, I'm just gonna learn how to do it myself, whatever. That, I would have been the bottleneck of my business. Do not be the bottleneck of your business. You are probably the very thing that's holding you back from getting to that next level in your business because you're too afraid to do something or you're too prideful to get the right help or you won't allow yourself to just take a risk and go in a different direction or take the risk and get, you know, hire somebody or whatever it is or spend the money on the ads to speed up the process. You are probably the reason it is taking you a million years to get to the finish line, so... What I advise you to do is to go on and find, and instead of trying to figure this out yourself, wasting months trying to do trial and error, we just need to get to the finish line, right? How can we do that? We, instead of spending all this money on a test ad account, we could just hire somebody that can do the ads for us, right? So in that case, my business partner, that was what he brought to the table. He was like, you, of course, you do the, the, the course. You're the teacher, you're the this, you're the face of it, whatever. But I can run the ads, <laughs> And I said, you know what? Cool, do it. Because I, I, I'm learning how to run ads, but I've never, won. the fact that I'm still learning means that I don't know if I'm good or not. But also, that also means that it, you, you have the experience of running ads at scale. I don't. I don't. So why would I sit here and waste my time trying to do all this myself for the sake of being scared? Because a lot of y'all, this is the thing. A lot of y'all, if someone reached out to you today with the same offer that I had gotten, right? And they were like, hey, we're going to run all the ads or we're going to do this to help you scale. All you have to do is what you're already doing. Y'all would be like, no, because that sounds too good to be true. or You'd be afraid. or you find some reason it don't make sense. Instead of just taking the risk, what do you have to lose? <laughs> honestly and some of y'all might be saying well donnie that didn't work out for you that's not why it didn't work out it did work out actually it worked out pretty great i hit my goal and i did what i needed to do the reasons it didn't work out were because of the type of people we were it wasn't because of the skill set i'm gonna say that again the reason it didn't work out was because of the type of people we were it was not because of the skill set that's what we don't understand and that's a whole nother episode is how your mental health and your own issues and the things that you do not work on within yourself how that is hindering you and your growth in your business and your growth with your partnerships and everything else that's a whole other episode but a lot of that stuff that was happening and that was causing issues had more to do with who we were as people and how we operated as people and not because of how good we were at business okay because in business, your issues, your personal issues, are going to come up. Still, they are going to overlap with the business, and so that's when things get real tricky. Um. So, anyways, I hope that that was helpful on some level. I hope that the I hope that you guys were able to get some kind of good takeaways. Um. But also, too, one thing that I, the distribution, I really want you guys to figure out your best way for distribution because um, when I, I know you guys know, if you follow me on TikTok, I do a series where I talk about how certain wealthy women became wealthy. And the common thread with all billionaires that I've seen is that they had really good distribution. If they were a physical product brand, they got into retail stores. If they were media, they got um like like oprah she had really good distribution she was on tv then she had her own network it's like you need to figure out how to have solid distribution that is why people get record deals not because of the just the money it's because of the distribution The, the company, the record companies know how to get your stuff played everywhere, right? So we need to think about that and you need to stop being so scrappy all the time. And we need to think about if we're trying to build our company to a certain level, how can we do that? How can our, how can we take our distribution to the next level? Um, that's the part that a lot of people don't talk about, but that's what makes a billion dollar company is your distribution. Okay. All right. So anyway, (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of season two. I cannot wait to get into things. We have so many amazing guests on this season. We have some of everybody like, ooh, okay. I'm just gonna let you listen to the trailer right now so you can see. It took me six and a half weeks to come out with $110,000 in my bank account. Everything that we experience, I think this is the past. This is past thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that we've manifested. Mindset shift, you are qualified. If the universe Mm -hmm. put an idea in your brain, that means you are qualified to do it. They're betting on UGC creators not knowing what they're doing. Not knowing that it's not normal to be charging 150 for a video. A lot of my fuel comes from getting it wrong. I was not the nicest girl. I was not very secure in who I was, what I offered. We ended up letting go with half of the team, people that I thought I could really trust, but there was a lot of other things that were going on behind the scenes. This isn't about perfection. It's only looking at the parts of your identity that no longer serve you. That part of your identity needs to make a shift. What are you doing in your day-to-day life? It's not what you do some of the time, it's what you do daily. Ooh. Ooh. I hope you guys enjoyed the very first episode of Wealthy Women Daily i'm excited for it and i hope you are too please share it with somebody and yeah